listening to First Church Charlotte. Amen. I love First Church. Thank you so much to Pastor Elms, who I know is watching online for the second time. God bless you. Thank you for inviting me, Pastor. Love you and your family, and I love this church. Do you love your church today? Someone say, I love my church. Get ready to say a bunch of stuff because I like to have people say stuff when I'm preaching. So I'm not the only one saying stuff for the next two hours. All right. Someone say, I will run. I will run. Amen. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run. Some of you might remember I was here back in the good old days. Back in the good old days, back in January. About 10 months ago, y'all remember that? I was here preaching and I was, I was so excited. I just, I love the church and I'm so glad to be back. But 2020, 2020 has been a year. It's been a year. Judd, it's been a year. Last night, man, it's been a year. 12 o'clock, my beautiful daughters, man, look at them. Woo. Hannah and Libby, the youngsters are with me. Hannah's over there trying to, trying to hog the blankets and... Libby's flipping around and can't get comfortable and tossing and turning and I'm kind of I'm kind of going through my sermon notes But I'm also I got one eye on the Lord and on the scripture. And I got one eye on the game And I hate the Dodgers I hate them. I hate that 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 that, that salary I hate that 222 million dollars being thrown at like 70 million dollars this year If y'all don't know what I'm talking about to catch up later and I'm watching that, and it's one pitch away, Judd. You know what I'm saying? One pitch. But it's never over. It's never over until that, that lady starts singing. It's like 12, was it like 12.05 or 12.08, something like that? I'm watching, and I'm just, the, my blood's boiling, I'm upset. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was Little League again. Did you see it? Have you seen it yet? This Little League happened. Did anybody watch that last night? It's okay. Thank you. We got three of us. It was Little League all over again. They started throwing the ball around. People were falling, rolling. It was unbelievable. And I screamed out, yes! And woke the girls up. And it was awesome, man. But the reason I'm saying all that is to say, number one, I hate the Dodgers. Number two, I'm so glad to have my beautiful daughters with me today. Give them a hand and welcome. 2020 has been a crazy year. And, 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 and it's just been incredible. But this morning, after, after everything that we've been through in the year 2020, I just want to know this morning, is there anybody here today that still feels alive in your purpose for God? Is there anybody here that wants to wake up again and say, God, I want to feel your purpose in my life again. God wants to take the church to a new place in him. And God has taken the church through the pandemic to a new place in him. But I wonder this morning, is there anybody that's ready for a change in your life as we head into the winter, as we head into the end of this year? Is anybody ready today for a brand new experience in God? Is there anybody watching online? You're ready to say, God, change my life and do something different in me than you've ever done before. Ask your neighbor, say, are you ready to run? Come on, ask him like you mean it. Are you ready to run? Hey, 
Is anybody ready to feel the emergence, the emergence, uh, the coming out of your purpose again? Is there anybody that that still believes that God's going to do something great uh, in you and and in your church and through you? Uh, By faith, I declare in this hour that we are about to do our greatest uh, work for God. Somebody shouted, I will run. Amen. We're going to read from Hebrews chapter 12. Turn in your Bibles, put it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You're getting ready to talk to some people you maybe never talked to. Turn around and tell someone, Hey, somebody's watching you. Come on, tell them, somebody's watching you. The writer says, Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which doth so easily beset us or overcome us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking to who? Looking to who? Everybody saying it's right there. Looking to Jesus. Don't look at me. If you're running the race, don't look at me. I'm, I may lag behind you. Where he go? Don't look at your neighbor. Look to Jesus today. Amen. We're going to get into this today. Look to Jesus. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. It's time to run. It's time to run. Someone needs to get their running shoes on. I meant to bring my running shoes today. I was going to put my running shoes on. You could tell I run a lot. I mean, obviously. Out there every day, pounding the pavement. That's how I stay so lean and mean. Obviously a joke. But I thought about bringing my running shoes and I forgot them. I was going to put them on right now and say, you know what? I'm ready to run. I don't care what you think. Look at these shoes. But someone needs to put on their spiritual running shoes and say, you know what? It's, 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 it's past time. I need to get up and I need to get back in the race. Tell the person standing next to you, watch your toes because I'm about to drop some stuff down. Tell them, watch your toes. I'm about to lay some stuff down so that I can run. Let's pray today. Lord, we pray today that you would speak to the church. And we pray today that we would hear. Everybody say, let me hear, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Amen. I will run. Some people sit. Others stand. Their eyes are fixed on diverse participants. There are, there are emotional outbreaks ranging from applause to size of apprehension. They, they talk with each other. They ask questions. They, they debate back and forth between one another what this or that person is going to do in a certain situation or whether someone will actually have what it takes to finish. Because of their experience and their view, they can see what lies ahead for some and they speak, though not literally, they they speak with their lives on how to overcome obstacles and how to overcome complications and still be able to continue the race. These legends, this audience, this vast host of spectators, these heroes of faith, this, this collection of people from Abraham to Jacob to David and and the host of the unnamed who had trials of cruel mockings and scourging and they were put in bonds and they were put into prison. They all look on today at this great race that is set before us. These people, 
This great cloud of witnesses, they all had one thing in common. They had a never wavering faith in their promise from God. They had a battle-tested faith that carried them through every circumstance. They had faith that believed. They, they had faith that stopped the mouths of lions. They, they had faith that brought righteousness to the people of God. They, they had faith that waxed valiant in fight and turned the armies of the enemy away. These witnesses, they now sit in a great arena and they are watching to see how we will run our race. They're watching to see how you will fight your battle in 2020 to keep your family saved. They're watching to see how you will wage your war and how you will overcome in your storm and how you are going to react today to the trials of life. They're watching to see how you are going to respond to hardship and to suffering and to adversity and they're watching how you will fulfill the purpose that God has given you. These witnesses, they are observing how you are running your race. So I want you one more time to wake up and tell your neighbor, somebody's watching you. Oh, yes. This journey of faith, this, this attempt to live our here and now lives in a way that allows for life everlasting. It is, it is likened uh, to a great race. It's a, it's a long distance race. It's a race that's going to be grueling and it's going to require all of your attention in order for you to cross the finish line. And as we examine the scripture and if you study the Bible, we find that we serve a God that has always required all. He is a God that is found by people that search for him with everything. Our God responds to people who are filled with desire and they are filled with passion for him. And so I suggest to First Church today that God is still looking for people today, people that are willing to put everything on the line for his cause and for his kingdom. And I wonder today, is there anybody here that despite all of the noise of 2020, can you still hear the call of God that is in your spirit? Is there anybody here that can still hear God saying, I have a race, son, for you to run. I have a race, daughter, for you to run. There's something I want to do in your life. Yeah. Amen. From the very foundation of our belief in the one true God, we, we learn that he is truly a mono everything God. In order to please him, you're going to have to live a certain way, act a certain way. You're going to have to run the race a certain way. Deuteronomy 6, 4, the cornerstone of our belief in this one true God. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with Come on, everybody. You're supposed to love the Lord your God with all. Everybody say all. All say all. all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And, I, and I'll, just, I'll just say this. It's not in my notes, but Jesus adds to it. And he says, all of your mind. Look at someone and say, get your mind right and serve God with all. 
God requires those who serve him to serve him with everything. He wants us to have a heart or a spirit or who we are at the core and a soul, which is our mind and our will and our emotions. He wants these two things to be so fixed on this one God that there's no room for anything else in our life. Amen. That's the ideal. That's what God wants. That's what God has always wanted. God is after people that will invest everything in following Jesus and seeking his kingdom first. This is the type of love and devotion that he is after. This is the type of devoted people that God is after today. People that have only one God in their lives. And, and, and I understand today that, 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 that we have family. Everybody say, we have family. We got family, I understand. We, we have careers, and, and I'm thankful, and, and we have possessions. And man, I'm so glad that I have some possessions in this world. But, but our heart of hearts, God is after people whose heart of hearts, in spite of their family and their career and their possessions and their money and everything else that we try to pile up in this life, uh, our heart of hearts is reserved, and God is the primary concern in our lives. Amen. This is the type of devotion that God has been after since he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, God is speaking to his people. Moses is writing down these inspired words, and, and this is what it says in verse 6. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when you lie down at night, and when you get up in the morning, and, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets uh, between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house. Amen. When they would get up in the morning and go out to do their business in the marketplace, the very last thing they would see on the door before they left is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And it would remind them, I am serving one God and he is my primary concern. When they would pass by the gate, they would see it, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And they would be reminded, everything I do today has got to be saturated in this belief in one God. Amen. In other words, God was saying to his people, get every area of your life saturated with him. Get your children to believe in and serve one God. When you sit down in your house, make sure that your house reflects the fact that you have one God and everything that cannot coexist with this holy God. It needs to be removed from your life. Amen. During the day. When you go about your business, during the day when you go about your business, during the day when you go about your business, during the day when you're driving down the thoroughfare and, and you're driving down the boulevard and you get cut off, during the day when you go about your business, make sure your life reflects the fact that you have one God. When you get up in the morning and when you go through your day and you come back home tired and you take a shower and you try to relax for a few minutes and then your head hits the pillow, make sure that you've lived your life outwardly during the day to mirror the beliefs that you say you have and embrace inwardly and when we do that God says my people you will be blessed I thought you'd be more excited about that if you'll just live your life with him as your primary concern I promise you you will be blessed 
All right, how many want to be blessed today? Just say, you know what I do, huh? Yes. There's another scripture written centuries later, spoken by Jesus himself, and, and Jesus didn't pull any punches, and he teaches. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, careers, possessions, homes, cars, money, retirement, whatever it is that you need that God sees fit, he's going to give it to you, but you have to seek him first. And I believe in all those things, trust me. I want my children to be blessed. I'm looking at a future doctor, hopefully. I'm looking at attorneys in my, I'm hoping you're a professional baseball player and I can say, hey, I know that guy. Man, he's so awesome. He serves God. Whatever we do, it doesn't matter what you do. Make sure that God is your primary concern and everything else, he'll give it to you. He'll add it. He'll give it to you. He'll pour it into your life, press down, shaking together, running over. It's coming. God will give it to you, but he's always required people to seek him first. Look at someone and say, seek him first. Hey, come on, somebody. If you want God to bless you, I want you to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to run for you. Deuteronomy 6 and 10 says, and it shall be, it shall be, it shall be that when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee out and he'll put you into the land, which he swear to your fathers, he promised it to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities, which you did not build and houses full of all good things. How many want a house that's full of good things? I'm not making this up. This is what God said. Houses full of good things, which you didn't feel. I don't know where it came from, but God sure has blessed me. But you know what? I do know one thing. I've been seeking him first with everything inside of me. He says, houses full of good things, which you didn't feel and, and wells digged. You're going to walk out of your house and, and you're going to walk the dusty path over to the well and you're going to lower the bucket down and it's going to come up with some cool, refreshing water and you're going to drink it and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to love it and you're going to water your plants and your kids are going to be able to drink it but you didn't dig the well God says that's what I'm going to give to you and he said and when you get to the vineyards and, and you see the olive trees and you begin to eat the fruit and you're blessed by it that you did not plant he says when thou shalt have eaten and now you're full he says then in verse 12, then, everybody say then. then. What's that next word? Beware. 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 Or after, all, after you get all that stuff, beware. Sometimes we, we start to get things. We start to get all these things added to us. And all of a sudden we start to forget God and, and, and we start to acquire material possessions and we begin to, to grow as we go through life. And, and um, I, I heard one guy say, he said, I joined the military and, and he said, I, I came up poor and I joined the military and I received my first check and, and I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm buying you a house because he had one check that he had never even seen that amount. 
Sometimes when we start to grow and we, we begin to grow in life and, and now we're on to a career and we start to accumulate and, and, and we start to get some possessions materially, all of a sudden we start to attain this stuff and, and, and then we begin to forget that it was God who gave it to us in the first place. You, you're running your race and then, and then all of a sudden you, you begin to detour onto a side street of self-indulgence and, and it's in these times that we begin to pick up weights that we read about in Hebrews weights and sins that begin to drag us down. It's here that we allow sin to ease its way back into our lives. And it's here that we listen closely and we can hear the collective moan from this great cloud of witnesses that are watching us run. So Moses, he says in these times of prosperity, and I may mention this later about the writer of Hebrews, But who is Moses talking to? He's talking to the people of God. Who is Moses? Who is God talking to? He's talking to the people of God. He says in these times of prosperity, in these times of having everything, in these times of spiritual success, he says, beware lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. He brought you out from the house of bondage. He says, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and you shall serve him and you will swear by his name. He says, you shall go not after any other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. And I want to preach to the church this morning and I want to preach to my today that the race that we're running the God that we're pursuing this life of seeking him and serving him it must remain our focus we have to make sure that we don't allow other gods to set themselves up in our life God's people cannot serve the same gods that the world serves One more time, God's people cannot serve the same gods that the world serves. So you've got to keep your job, and I'm so glad that you have a job. How many are thankful for a job? You've got to keep your career. I'm so thankful that I have a career. You've got to keep your education. How many are thankful for education today? Amen, and everything that it affords us. But you have to keep those things, the pursuit of more belongings. You have to keep all of these things from rising to the level of becoming your God. You've got to keep the clutter of a, of a busy life and the pressure of paying the bills. You have to keep those things from becoming your God because when all of a sudden these things begin to crowd the path and they begin to obstruct us, they obstruct the path that we're on and they obstruct the race that we're in and they keep us from the true kingdom purpose that God has for his church. That's right. That's right. And so all of a sudden, Jesus comes along. God manifests in flesh. And here he is walking among the people. Imagine what he thought about, about some people. But he, he begins to teach. And, and we, we hear him saying one day in a very, tough, a very tough question, a point blank manner of speaking. He just had a way of just uh, clarifying for you what exactly needed to happen. And he got right into the face of the people. And he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose? his soul. Hello? So, so I've got to keep my focus on, on what? I've got to keep my focus on the race. I've, I've got to keep my eyes lifted, uh, you know, just above worldly things. And I've got to fix my heart of hearts on, on finishing the course that he has set before me. Somebody say today, I will run. Come on, somebody say, I will run. 
So, so we have to learn as Christians, we have to learn to willfully lay aside. We have to learn to willfully put down. We have to learn to let go. We have to willfully leave behind all of the weights and the sin that doth so easily beset us or overwhelm us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 is, is an interesting scripture to me because in, in all of this about running and the, and the witnesses and all of this, I, I begin to see this intriguing insight into the mercy and the grace of God that is actually at work in our lives. It is here in this writing by the writer of the, of the book of Hebrews that, that we learn that, that God gives us the chance to set aside our, our weights and God gives us the chance to lay aside our own sin. And, and this is, this is the, the first of three areas of judgment that, that is in our life. And it is number one, you should be judging yourself. I should be judging myself. The second area of judgment is to be judged by the pulpit or, or the ministry or the, the preached word of God or the ministry that you're submitted to and, and, and the ministry that faithfully preaches the word of God on, on, a weekly, on a weekly dependable basis into your life. That is an area of judgment. Submit yourself to the word of God for reproof, for correction, because these watchmen look out for your soul. And then the third area of judgment is to stand before God himself. This is the ultimate judgment. But before we ever get to judgment too, before we ever get to judgment two, before we ever get into the future, into judgment three and stand before God, Hebrews chapter 12 just begins to illuminate the actual love of God for us and teaches us that we should just willfully leave our weights and sin at the cross. In other words, I want the church to know today that you don't need somebody and I hope you don't want somebody that's just there to police your life. Amen. I think we made a mistake many years ago uh, as policing people's lives. This is why God gave you the Holy Ghost. This is why God wants to fill you with his spirit. He leads you and he guides you into all truth. God speaks to us by his spirit through our conscience and he helps us make everyday decisions as we go down the path. Decisions that affect our relationship with him in one way or another. So if we're going to finish the race, there's going to have to be a judgment that we assess upon ourselves. And, and we have to look at our lives and, and we have to say, this can stay. It's all right. Let's practice that. This can stay. <laughs> One more time. Say, this can stay. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody the opportunity right now. Get your hand out and say, this can stay. And then I'd use that same hand and point at someone to say, but you got to go. <laughs> hey, that's not very nice. But sometimes that's what we got to do. We got to say, this can stay. This person can stay. This relationship can stay. This, this activity can stay. But you know what? This has got to go. This person's got to go. This relationship's got to go. We, we've got to mature up. We got to level up as Christians and, and say, I can, I can handle this in my life, but, but this weight's slowing me down. So I'm going to faithfully kneel at an altar in my house, in my prayer closet. I'm going to lay this down before I ever get to church. I'm going to examine my heart and I'm going to willfully remove the things that weigh me down, the things that are hindering me from running my race 
There are things that we cannot wait to unload. I'm thankful for the church gathering and I'm thankful for great preaching, but I've got to get some things off of me before I ever get to the house of God. I've got to grow up in Christ. I've got to be a person and you've got to be a people that have one God and every area of your life is completely saturated and soaked up in him. And there's not really room for anything else or whatever else is there, whatever other blessing is there, whatever other activity is there. It's always secondary to the primary. Someone say, I will run. Someone say, I will run. Say it like you mean it. I will run. So first we lay aside weights and sin. And secondly, we need to start running. Lay some stuff down. Start running. Lay some stuff down and start running. We need to run like reaching the goal is everything. We need to run like failure is not an option. We need to run with purpose, not meandering or sauntering along (laughs) with an attitude. Oh, man, if there's one attitude I can't stand, it's the attitude that says I'll get it done when I get it done. (sighs) Especially in the church. If it was a paid position, I would say, well, we'll just get somebody else to get it done. Thank you for your service. We don't need to have an attitude or a spirit that just kind of meanders through our walk with God. I'll get there when I get there. But somebody today needs to get a hold of that passion again that maybe you've laid down somewhere. Maybe you've let it go somewhere along the line. And just get that passion again as we come to the end of 2020 and say, I'm, I'm sick of all that. I'm getting ready to run the race with passion and finish the course that God has set before me. Somebody today needs to say, I will run. Come on, say it. I will run. We've got to learn to run the race with patience. Everybody say patience. Patience that allows for setbacks along the way so that our relationship with God is not destroyed in the tough times. A lot of people, they they started out even this year with the bang. I bet the church was packed out in January. I think it was. Packed out. We start out with the bang and then stuff begins to happen. And a lot of people, when, when they encounter a little hurdle in the road, all of a sudden they throw their hands up in frustration and they begin to blame the ministry. Man, I came to Wilson, to Michigan, I came to Wilson and I thought, man, I'm going to pastor, I'm going to help people and I'm going to preach like this every week to 10 people. Y'all, I'm preaching like this at home to 10 people. I'm, I'm making, I'm doing everything I can to 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 65 people. That's what I do every week. I thought, my God, I'm going to go there. I'm going to give it my all. I've never seen uh, somebody like me offend so many people that just, they said, it's your fault, Pastor. That's what happens. We, we love to blame others, right? How many of you ever blamed somebody else for something that was really you? Just be honest now. Husbands, you just need to apologize today on the way home and say, babe, it was actually my fault. Can I please come inside from the doghouse? People blame the ministry. People blame the church. They encounter a hurdle or adversity. They blame the church. They, they blame God. And, and a lot of times, a lot of people just walk away. But the writer of Hebrews, this is what I love about this today. I want you to grasp this. Try to, try, to, try to get this into your heart. The writer of Hebrews is writing this to who? To the church. The writer of Hebrews, he, he builds in the probability 
for the church to experience difficulties. And so he says, when you run the race that all these people have already run and they're watching you, make sure you run it with patience because there's going to be adversity. I need somebody to get on the front edge of their seat today. Y'all are a little bit too tired for me. Come on, everybody get up on the edge of your seat because we're going to a close right now and I need you to engage your spirit all the way. Come on, wake up spiritually right now and say, God, I want to do something for you. I want you to speak to me. The writer of Hebrews says, run with patience. Someone say, run with patience. Another wise man wrote in Ecclesiastes, the race that we're in is not given to the swift nor to the strong. Jesus comes along a century later and says, it's the one who endures to the end that's going to be saved. All of these things are pointing to the fact that we are going to have to serve God with everything. Someone say, I will run. Someone shout, I will run. Someone shout, I will run. I may not cross the finish line this week, but I'll run till I do. I may not reach the goal in 2020, but I'll keep running till I do. Come on. Somebody, problems, distractions, suffering, trials, hardships are going to run, are going to come, but I will run with patience the race that is set before me. I will run. I will run. Thank you, mother. I will run. Say, I will run. Yeah. This church needs some people that will stand. Some people that will stand. My man. Stand for your family. Stand for your family. This church, that's right, man. Stand. This church needs some people that will stand. First thing you got to do if you're going to run, you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand up. Some people that will stand and just say, I will run. I was listening to our church service in between in between the services and I was we have a guest speaker today Reverend Chester Mitchell and he said it's easy to say yes when everything is going good but we need some people in the church that will say yes I'll run even when it's difficult Hey the church needs some people to lay aside some weights and unload some sin and develop their relationship with God and get involved in ministry and join the fight at First Church for reaching and winning the hurting and reaching the broken and the unsaved in this community. 2020. 2020. Go away. I'm sick and tired of you. Not to poke fun at the ministry, but I never, I never, I've never seen so many pastors hear from God and their theme for the year was so off. Man, incredible. Man, it was just this year has flipped the world upside down. 2020, it may have sidelined some of you for a time. The race has been hard. I'm going to tell you, the race has been hard. The race has been long. And, and, and this is what happens. This is what happens when the race is hard and it's long. You, you pick up some weight. You pick up, how many have picked up some weight this year? Hey? Anybody pick up some weight that you want to drop? How many want to drop the COVID-10? Sitting around. You've been sidelined. How many think you've been sidelined this year a little bit? 
that's a little bit better than the first crowd. I'm going to tell you when the government tells the entire world to stay in your house for three months, you've been sidelined. So raise your hand and say, yeah, I was sidelined. We've been sidelined this year a little bit, and, and, and sometimes we pick up these extra things, and, and that's all right. That's why I'm preaching today. The writer of Hebrews said, hey, it's probably going to happen, church, so let me just tell you what to do. Whenever you pick up some weight, whenever you gain the COVID-10, whenever you pick up some sin, just come to the altar and lay it down and keep on running with patience. You gotta unload some stuff. You gotta get back in the race today. So someone needs to stand up and declare with me today, I will run. I want you to preach with me. When it's not popular, when it's not popular, when my family doesn't support me, when trials impede my path, when my failure says give up, when everybody around me when they've thrown them in the towel and they've given up, I'll run. When the finish line is obstructed from my view, I'm going to keep on running. I'm going to lay aside my pride. I'm going to lay down myself. I'm going to lay aside the reservations that I have about my ministry and my calling so that I can run. Somebody declare it. I will run. All over this room. Is there anybody here that's ready to run your race? Is there anybody here that's ready to run your race? Come on, lift up your voice and let heaven hear you. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Someone needs to declare, if it's just me and pastor, I'm going to run. Someone needs to declare today. You need to look around this room and say, I'm going to run with my church family. I'm going to run and I'm going to lead my home so that my children can follow me down the path. Someone needs to say, I will run. Come on, shout it. I will run. If you want to make it across the finish line, someone needs to say, this weight that I'm carrying is not worth it. There's a man here today. The sin that you are involved in is not worth it. But that's why the writer wrote it. He said, lay it down and get back in the race because somebody's watching you. Amen. The things of the world, the worldly attachments, hey, they're valuable, but they're not that valuable. We love the blessings, but it's not that valuable, so I'm going to lay it down if it's hindering me from running. The sin, the temptation that keeps tripping me up, I'm laying it down. Why? So that my children can be saved. I'm laying it down so that my marriage can be saved, so that my family can be saved. Somebody shouted today, I will run. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts today. Lay it down and say, God, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to fulfill my purpose. I'm ready to reach my community. I'm ready to finish the race that you set before me. Right now, all over this room, every hand lifted. Begin to lift up your voice and shout, I will run. I will run. how we're going to end today. This is how we're going to end today. God is going to speak through you. Everybody say, God's going to speak through me. God's going to use you to bring 
life to somebody else. God's going to use you to encourage somebody. Did you know that today God's going to use you to encourage somebody? And we did this in the first service and we're going to do it right now. We're going to practice. Is there anybody in the back that needs something from God? Anybody over there? On the very back row, there's a young lady back there. I want the whole church just to point over there. Come on, everybody look over there and point. Say, you can do it. Come on, say, you can do it. Say, you can make it. That was kind of weak. Y'all said that like you didn't really believe it. I heard you, Don, but I didn't hear everybody else. Anybody over here? Anybody over here? You need, you need something today from God right here. Look at this family. I want you to look at this family right here. Lift up your hands. Young man and young lady, lift up your hands. God's going to do something in their life. Come on, point at them and say, you can do it. We believe in you. Just run the race that God's put in front of you. Come on, open up your voice. Lift it up. Anybody on this platform, you've been struggling and you need God to give you a little boost to get back right here. I want you to point at these two praise singers right here. Come on, lift up your voice and say, you can do it, y'all. You can make it. You can run the race. You're going to be blessed. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And this is probably better socially distanced because you're going to have to lift up your voice. There's something about a voice that's lifted. There's something about that type of passion. So when we do this right now, I want you to do it with passion like you believe it from your heart. I want you to shout it out with excitement. There are two categories of people here right now. Those that are ready to start running and those that are just a little bit weary because you've been running. How many of you are ready to start running? Anybody want to be honest enough and say, you know what, I'm ready. It's time. I need to get up and start running. How many of you have been running? You're a little bit weary today. Lift up your hand. Come on, church. Help me out. Don't go to sleep on me now. It doesn't matter which category you're in. The writer of Hebrews just said, run with patience. Run with patience. Run with patience. Run with patience. I like that. Pick up one foot. Put the other foot down. Keep on moving forward. Just run. Just run. Just run. So I want you to encourage somebody nearby. You're going to have to say it loud to get through that mask. I want you to encourage somebody nearby. I want you to speak a word of life. You don't got to get close to them. There might be a husband. You need to get your wife by the hand and say, babe, we're going to run and we're going to make it. Amen. I want you to speak a word of life. I want us to say this. Be not weary. Come on, tell somebody. Be not weary in well-doing. I know 2020 has been a rough road. Tell somebody, be not weary. Because in due season, you're going to reap if you do not faint. So today as we sing, I want you to rejoice. I want you to declare, I will run. I will run. Come on, shout it with me today. Lord, I'm running. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come!
Worship with us.